Today, we're doing something very special. We're taking the best leadership episodes from the most popular past guests and distilling them down to 10-minute segments to turbocharge your leadership. If you want even more 10-minute condensed leadership episodes, you can subscribe to Joel Beasley Tech Titans in your podcast app. Sati from Upwork joins us in this episode to share his best advice on working both quickly and wisely. You're listening to Joel Beasley, Tech Titans. What's the big thing happening like with you and your peers? I can go through a list. The f- number one stuff like I talked to you about is scaling. Uh, scaling in a manner that's not linear, scaling to m- tens of millions of customers So we have, and building like really fast experiences for them. Two, making sure that they are walking through the funnel really quickly. So the way you described it is a wizard, but it's a consolidation of all our multiple products that we have for different segments in a manner that you don't have to guess what you need. We intuit it for you. I know that you're looking for X, so here's the next step sort of thing, rather than like, go and figure out which product really works best for me per se, right? So I'm kind of taking you out from the guessing game, but being super customer focused on it. Then the third part is obviously expanding to the world, uh, get into different geos, localize and make wonderful experiences for whichever country we go into so that that market is tapped in the right way. And then search and match and discovery is like, you know, basic thing that we need to build on uh, because you use the Upwork search engine. Um, We want to be first giving you the right talent or the right things in front of you first. So relevancy of the search is super important. Second part of that, uh, developing more on the AI aspect of it is we want to intuit what you're actually looking for. So if you said, hi, I'm trying to like build a website, that's great. The next part of it is once you build the website, you probably want to send some traffic to it. So you probably need somebody who is really good at sending traffic to it, right? So like we should probably put that in front of the customer and say, now that you're building the website, have you considered this person who would help you get traffic to that site? Okay, great. Like, ha- have you considered this person who's really good with Google AdWords or whatever, right? So the things that make your end product better or move you forward, things that you haven't yet discovered, but we have enough to know of customers like you to drive you forward is what you're trying to do. It's like Amazon. They say, you know, 70% of people also bought these items and you can like bundle them together, you know? And, and, That's and, pretty I, cool. and I came from that world. Yeah. <laughs> you spent some time uh, over at Alexa, right? Culturally, are there similarities between Amazon and Upwork? Um, I think Amazon has a very unique culture. Uh, it's also set in stone for a long period of time. So it evolves, but it evolves slowly. The company breathes and li- lives its culture. So it's like, you know, the, the people get assimilated into that culture per se. And there is a very nice mindset on how that evolves, et cetera. So it has its advantages. Upwork is nimble, fast, uh, and evolving culture. It's taking the best from every place per se, not just like Amazon or any one place. Uh, and I think it's evolving rapidly to be like super fast, customer obsessed, all the same things that you would hear in different places, but kind of picking the best of both worlds, optimized to what it wants to be in its current journey today. And it's evolving really, really, really rapidly. So we have like, we we made our processes better, how we planned, how we execute, how we run the company, how we actually are like thinking about uh, what drives the customer, where we want to spend the time and energy on making sure that the experience gets better, et cetera. So we are evolving in those spaces. And then we are also doubling down on certain areas like I just talked about. Let's go to the future of remote work. You guys are constantly around 
thousands, tens of thousands of people who are working remote. What trends are you seeing? Where's remote work going? The beauty of remote work now is that it has expanded drastically. Like there was, there was a lot of concern, uh, at least in the back of my head that, hey, what's going to happen when this pandemic is over? Is it going to be like, will we see lower rates? Would we see people going back to like full-fledged regular work as we knew it before the pandemic? And we're not seeing that. We're seeing a lot of people, um, at least in the high 20s right now, compared to where it was before, are moving to remote work. Even now, I mean, uh, if I if I survey people around in the Seattle area, most people have switched to more remote work, many of them. Uh, and companies are not any longer, at least not in the Seattle area, pushing people to come back to work. It's, it's sort of like, yeah, you, you meet them when there's some collaboration needed or you meet them when there is like, you know, I mean, a get together to like solve a specific thing once in a while per se, or get together more for social slash bonding reasons. But by and large, I am not seeing, at least in my circle, people sort of being asked to come back to work. So when I see stuff uh, like you're watching on Twitter or anywhere else, like, hey, come back to work, I don't see that as like a macro thing happening now. For from a company perspective, from a global perspective, remote work is even more prevalent. So we're seeing the rise of the freelancer and it continues to grow across the board. So from how I see it like upward globally, this is a beautiful uh, thing that's growing. And well, who wants to be stuck in traffic for like two hours? Like nobody does. And we have established in the last two and a half years that it has literally no material impact at all on all the things that we used to talk about. Like, oh, they are... You know, it's the productivity is not going to be there. People won't have relationships with each other. Collaboration is going to be a problem. Well, we as a human race actually overcame much of those uh, or have learned very, very well. Even we've learned like how to onboard new people uh, very, very well. Like that used to be a big problem. One of the bigger things that uh, we struggled actually back at Amazon in my team then was that how do you onboard people just we just hired who's living across the country and we just have to ship them a laptop and say, welcome. And then, you know, we built the muscle around it. And that, I think every company did that. And Upwork has been doing it for years. It, my uh, my majority of my own workforce, we are customer zero for what we offer Upwork as a remote solution. And almost 85% plus of my workforce is follows the Upwork model. They are all uh, geo-distributed across the globe, my engineering team. And that has almost always been the case. So we kind of like had the playbook on how to do this. And so when I moved from Amazon over to here, I'm like, I wish I had this playbook. Like, have you guys considering like giving this playbook out to enterprises to say, we've solved this problem. We've been doing it for years. So here you go. Um, and I think that's, that was the beauty of watching that work. Uh, getting really good engaged employees, people who are remote, doing the management of their teams remotely, like a person in, for example, in Georgia, managing a team over in like Ukraine and Poland, et cetera, because they're sort of very close and tight together and still working on like really wide deliverables across the board. Um, so I give you a long-winded answer on remote work, but I think it's it's expanding if, if not anything else. I see the same thing. And our company was in person prior to the pandemic and then fully remote after. And then we made the conscious decision to scale the company fully remote uh, after a lot of debate. And one of the cool things is, is you get a remote culture, right? And like we just last week flew everyone into Nashville, Tennessee. We got to meet people who had joined the team. We do this about, you know, 
three times, three or four times a year, we'll pick a different location and bring everyone in. And that's great. We get to meet the spouses and the friends. Some people bring their friends and it's, it's this whole thing that we would not normally have if we were all in the same city, you know, it would just be us all going out to dinner and we all know each other. So it's, it's got, there's pros and cons, but, um, you know, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to make it all pros. (laughs) (laughs) Me, Me too. I'm an optimist too. And we do that too. We call them meetups. And uh, we recently had a meetup in Istanbul. And so pretty much everybody, some people from here flew over and a whole bunch of people from like Europe area. And you have a significant European footprint. Flew over to, uh, to Istanbul. A, they had a great bonding time. Two, they got to solve some really complex problems that they were working on. So that required a lot of collaboration and stuff. Um, and by and large, it was a really, uh, same thing. They had to had a chance to bring their families along and stuff. So it, as a team that bonded, and then we are not paying the cost. I mean, there's cost benefits too, which you've probably already considered, right? There's no cost that commercial real estate is expensive. You could get people together for far lesser than commercial real estate. And it pays way more dividends and people don't really want to come into work. You sure, we have an option. If you do want to come into work, there is an option. But by and large, it's more like, you know, choose as you will. Yeah, we've done things where like, three or four employees will happen to be in the same city just out of happenstance. And then if they ask for like, they, they want to get together for a remote office or something, we've done that before. Uh, but it's, it's ad hoc. It's not like we're forcing, you know, when there's five people in your location, we're forcing you all to go in the office. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting watching all the different companies and especially like in the financial services space that the older companies that are, that are just older. <laughs> They're just managed by these boards and they're just, you know, 500 year old companies and whatnot. They've been like pretty strict on the coming back into the end of the office thing. And it's just kind of funny because I get it. There's like half of me that gets it. But the other half of me says, if your KPIs are aligned right and your culture is the right people, then it'll, you're not babysitting or anything anyways. You just are getting the work done and the results happening. But what you mentioned a really cool point there. You said if your KPIs are aligned, I don't think many of those places run by KPIs. They're run by managing management by walking around or by you know micromanagement. They don't run about maybe some top line goals, right? So if they actually had the right metrics to be able to look at what they're measuring and what their ramp looks like and if, if people can track to it, it would be awesome. They don't need to do any of this stuff. But they haven't. They'll just kind of be like, Hey, Joel, what are you working on? Okay, great. When can you get this done? You know, the, that's the mode that they operated. And that is, it worked for us. Like, I mean, when I started my first job, that's what I would do too. Till many years I did that. So I'm kind of not saying that they're wrong. It works. It's just a different way of working. And you kind of, you know, this is slightly a, a different way, specifically, I mean, coming from newer companies per se. And the older companies have a culture that has worked for years for them. So that's, it's a, there's some inertia there from moving from that to here. And I think all of them are trying, but they're in different ranges of trying. One of the stat websites said that there's about 70 million people who freelance in the United States, and that's projected to be about 90 million people by, you know, in the next three to five years. Um, if we extend that, like, infinitely, do we all end up as as freelancers? Have we always all been freelancers? And now just the way we access the job is different? How do you see that? Oh, wow. That's a tough question to answer. I think freelancing is going to grow and it's going to grow rapidly. It's probably going to grow um, proportionally different in different countries. 
I suspect that in in countries where there's unequal or what there's a big wealth gap, it's going to grow rapidly there, right? And and the reason for that is you're equalizing the playing field, so that makes that thing like I, the place that I see massive growth in uh, Africa, Asian countries like Southern South Asia, etc. Because what's happening is there is like this high prestigious colleges that people go to or they have education, etc. But there's this long tail of places that you could learn from even Coursera's, et cetera, that you make your skills better. And it kind of levels the playing field for everyone to start earning money, growing, and expanding in their careers. All, all the self-driven people have an incentive to get onto the platform faster. So I think that's going to happen organically any which way. But the overall, it's going to change. But would we all go to freelancing? I don't see that yet. And I think that's, at some point in time, that corporate structure might change. I don't see that today. I mean, there will always be regulated industries as they need to be. There'll always be security requirements or things that will require people to, you know, I know exactly who you are and I have a very good understanding of what you do and cannot do and I have to like manage that. Those things are not, a health industry, for example, those things are not going to go away. There would be data protection requirements per se and there might be laws to be followed. I don't suspect those things go away. But for, for a majority of work, yeah, why not? I like that you mentioned the the leverage you give self-driven people that can achieve outcomes. Myself, personally, I started freelancing on a site called Scriplance when I was 13 to 15 years old. They didn't know I was a kid sitting at home. They just had an outcome that they needed achieved, and I could achieve it. And then you get a reputation, and then it's a, I'm a username on a screen that can achieve an outcome. And that is so fascinating because I wouldn't, without the internet and that happening, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yet I had the capability to walk into an engineering firm, but I would have to go through layers and bureaucracy and relationships. And they would look at me like I'm a kid, you know, differently. So it, it's, it's fascinating how you look at it. Cause I haven't looked at it like that, but it's opening up opportunity, uh, so that you can choose to improve and grow and become, I mean, it's a very American thing, <laughs> it, it right. Is. To be able to, yeah, it, it absolutely is also a hunger driven thing in the terms of like hunger for achieving what you want and that's global i i was talking to folks from my alabama back home and you know and i was talking about like hey you know here's what i do etc and they're like yeah we know and i go wait a minute how do you know i mean i understand a few of you are on the site they're like no many of us are on places like upwork and on different sites and i go okay tell me more and they kind of talk about how it's become easier for college students to pay for college by actually spending some time either freelancing as like tutors, teachers, etc. So like there's a kid in college who's teaching like Algebra 1 to somebody in the United States and making enough money to pay their college fees in India. I go, oh, wow, that's like mind-blowing. And they're like, everybody who is motivated does that. Uh, because this is no longer a matter of like, you know, hey, dad, mom, can you fund me through college? I have to spend a few hours and I'm easily able to do that. And I go, great. And then these guys are now have their own economy and they're forming companies even before they graduate. And so that whole entrepreneurial spirit is coming out really, really um, to the forefront. And I, I, I would say the next billion and trillion dollar businesses would come from any of these places. 